insight and awareness spiritual explorer, soul intuitive, emotional and spiritual mentor and award-winning author, Lorraine Nylon. Welcome explorers to the Insight and Awareness Soul Explorers podcast. I'm your host Lorraine Nylon and I have the absolute privilege of having Florence King who's a psychic medium with me tonight. So thank you for being here. Oh hello, thank you for having me. It's an honour for me. Thank you. We're happy to be here. I've seen your stage show a few times and you're always entertaining. Oh, thank you. If they're not laughing at me, they laugh with me. Whatever they do, that's good. (laughs) We're putting the pressure on you now. So how did you get into being a psychic medium? Well, would you believe I'm 59 years old and I can't say I was naturally born. Uh, I can look back now and say, yes, of course, there was things here and there, but I didn't open the door until I was 44, so a bit of a late bloomer. And it you was, hear that a lot, though, don't you? Yes, yes. And I think the time was right for me at that stage, you know, of my life. And, you know, losing people, always wondered what had happened and sort of wanted somebody to give me sort of clarity. Hadn't really happened. And and sort of when I, I just started, started training and then it's like the floodgates opened for me and it was just bang, bang, bang. And then I discovered I wanted to be a platform medium more than anything else and reach the audience and reach people and have that interaction and get to people on a wider scale. So I've been very, very blessed to have a great journey. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And do you think, why do people come and see a psychic and medium? What, what do you think they're looking for? A lot of people are looking for guidance. Uh, I don't think I've had anybody ever come to me that's won lotto and everything's right with the world, <laughs> you know. So there's always people that are mainly, you know, grieving, obviously, for people that have lost, including animals, uh, people that have, you know, heartbroken in the romantic department, people that are financially struggling. Uh, so it's the whole spectrum. People do come to us for health, but I sort of put a bit of a, a sort of boundary around that. I'm not a doctor, uh, so I'll always, you know, recommend them to go to where they need to go. Uh, but I think the main thing is people are looking, even the sceptical people, they're looking to see what you can prove to them. And I think that's the main thing. But I think especially since COVID, everyone's looking for guidance. We're all sort of floundering, you know. So I think people are looking for support. And my main aim is to empower people, not to get them reliant on me to come for weekly you know, readings and run everything past me. That's not the idea of a psychic medium, but more or less to empower them and let them know they've got the answers within them and uh, sort of remind them that we're all strong. We're, we, we'll get through anything. So, yeah. It actually, it is fascinating, isn't it, really? Yeah. Could you explain to our listeners what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Great question. Everyone's psychic and people sort of balk when I say that, but everyone has intuition. There is nobody that is born without intuition. We all have intuition. So intuition is the basis of psychic work and trusting that gut instinct, trusting our feelings, what doesn't feel right and that sort of thing. And psychic work is just literally, you know, dabbling in the past, uh, looking at the present and trying to sort of see what the future holds. Future predictions can be hard because everyone's got free will and what I see today might not necessarily always be set in stone. but uh, that's the psychic part and the mediumship part is where I think people have a very um, lack of understanding it's not just saying I have a woman around you and you telling me all the details it's me trying as best I can to identify who the person is around you and sort of letting you know that life goes on beyond this life no matter what your culture background your religious beliefs no matter what that I believe all roads lead to the one place and letting you know that 
that life goes on, that the soul has our consciousness, our memories, all the things we are to one another, and sort of tapping into that. I hope that you come to a show and you're entertained, but it defeats the purpose if you walk away and go, but I wasn't really sure who she brought through for me. That defeats the purpose of being a medium. You know? So <laughs> I want you to go away and say, yeah, that was mum, or yeah, that was my brother, and give you enough validation to prove that they are who you know we, we are identifying them to be. Because I think too, because you know enough about somebody that, or, or your relationship with somebody, there's little call signs that you've got when you know it's true. You that's know. right. That's yeah. right. That's right. And hopefully, sometimes uncovering something that isn't common knowledge. Exactly. You know. And I mean, people talk about nowadays with all the googling and all that. Me personally, I'm not very good at all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but people talk about so much being researchable. Well, that's not what psychic work and mediumship's about. So you you want to give something that that you know that only those two know. Sometimes a conversation when somebody's leaving this world that was only privy to them two in their last moments that can be empowering. You know, because mm-hmm. you know that's not something. It's often repeated around the kitchen table, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And what do you think the main message from the other side is for people? I think people, to let them know that they're still around and still aware of them. And I think the main thing is that the love bonds aren't broken and that when we leave this world, it's not the end. You know, somehow I don't have all the answers. I don't really think any medium does, but I think we get a snippet to see that there's something beyond this world and we do go on. And to me, again, I believe it's the soul and I believe the soul, how can I talk to a German shepherd or a baby that was a miscarriage when they never uttered a word in life? Because I believe it's the soul is the fingerprint, the essence of who we are and uh, that's where we tap into and I think that holds the energy of our our consciousness our memories all that kind of thing so yeah that's the best way I can sort of describe it how does a miscarriage talk to you like an adult on an adult level on an adult scale because the soul I think you know resonates and understands uh, you know I think the soul can be ageless I think the soul is ageless I think the difference is the maturity of the soul there's a different not not as in age as we We acknowledge it. You know, we have mature souls that have evolved and then we have sort of immatures that are in the process of evolving. Yeah. Because you're often at psychic fairs and things like that. Yes. And are you still doing classes? Weren't you teaching people? I do. I do pretty much everything. I do the psychic fairs, the main one being the Mind, Body and Spirit at Darling Harbour. I just did the Brisbane one. I'm off in two weeks to do the Melbourne one. Uh, so the fairs are pretty much, that's that. well, I've done that for 14 years out of the 15 years. Uh, the nice. teaching, yes, I, I do teach and I'm very proud that I've got 57, I log everything. I'm sort of, you know, I sort of don't want to forget anything, but I've uh, got 57 people out there professionally from classes. So, and I mean, on TV, on radio, on you know, stage shows, uh, all that sort of thing, opening their own centres. So I'm very proud of that as a teacher. Uh, and I do stage shows, my number one love. I've written books. I've um, I, I try to do it all. I'm always sort of pushing myself to get better, to learn more, to see how far I can go, you know. So, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And apparently we've got some exciting news. Were you at the Sydney Opera House? I was. I I don't think my feet have touched the ground. It was the 10th of the 10th uh, and I was, there's only one, um, 
uh, psychic medium that's ever performed there and her name was Doris Stokes and she was the English-born medium and she performed there 45 years ago, I believe it was. So I'm the second uh, psychic medium but the first Australian Sydney-born psychic medium to perform there and I tell you what, I couldn't, I, you know, I, I don't often look at a photo and say, gee, I look beautiful but I look at all the photos and I'm beaming from ear to ear. I was just was so happy. It was it was a historic moment. It was momentous. It was a privilege and an honour. So, yeah, pretty exciting. So I'll hold that record. So that's wonderful. <laughs> you will hold that record. Actually, that, that's really good because there seems to be more um, acceptance of psychics and mediums nowadays than what there used to be. Absolutely. It used to be, I mean, you wouldn't get men sort of, it used to be a predominantly female sort of thing, didn't it? You know, you, you'd go to these sorts of things. But now it's wonderful to see people of all ages, young, older, uh, you know, and even if they're not coming uh, with an openness, they're coming with a curiosity. And that's, you know, even if they're sceptical, as long as they're not rude, I don't care if they're sceptical, but I won't tolerate rudeness, but as long as they're listening to what you say, and sometimes you don't get the feedback, you don't know if you've made a difference, but sometimes you can see an expression that, you know, something they'll say, how could, how could you have known that? Or, But I think people are curious. And no matter what, every single person, you know, no matter how old, no matter how young, always wonders what happens to us when we pass away. That's a universal question. So I think we're probably, you know, the closest thing can tell you that something beyond this life exists. And for people that have just lost someone, how long should they leave it before they go looking for a Oh, great question. Look, to me, I've uh, again, I'm always pushing my own boundaries and the best I ever got was somebody an hour after they passed. And that was amazing to me because I thought, oh, they've got to settle in spirit. So what I've discovered along my journey now is that it's when the person that's grieving in the living, it's when they're ready to hear the message, not the spirit world. They seem good to go the moment they pass over. You know, the moment they're over there, all troubles go away or illnesses or pains and they're okay. And I don't, I haven't discovered, I've brought too many people before a funeral or before uh, time has elapsed and they're always okay on the other side. There's no fragmentation. There's no awkwardness. They're, they're fine. So um, so I think it's more like some people, for an example, I, I had a woman that rang me up and she wanted her husband who had uh, committed suicide and I got him straight away and I gave all the details and all, all the information and just as I was about to wrap up the reading, she said, thank you so much. And she started to cry. She said he'd passed two hours ago. He had, they had literally had an argument. He'd gone out and, you know, did what he did. And she she'd heard about me, and she rang me, and I, and and he came through two hours later. So that was that was pretty. That was one of those you know sort of uh, lightning bolt moments that you think, wow, you know, instantly he realised he'd done the wrong thing, and he was uh, uh, able to be reached and uh, apologise and all those sorts of things. So so it's when the person's ready. If she wasn't ready to hear the message, then then that would have been a different story. But yeah, so that's fascinating to me. So yeah. it is fascinating. Maybe you hadn't c- completely crossed over yet. I saw in in my again I don't have all the answers but to me it feels like as soon as they get there they're okay you know it, it I've had too many speak to me without um you know oh I, I can only give you five minutes or I can only it just feels to me my experience that they're okay the moment they get to spirit uh, I'm sure they have to learn what happens 24 7 over there but as far as communicating with us it seems like there's no barrier you know and it's it's I've had the the oldest I think I've had in spirit was a lady that had been spirit for 80 years uh, she came through the same clarity that somebody that passed an hour so I don't know I guess we'll never know until we get over there ourselves how that exactly works and I've got to tell you Lorraine I'm not in a hurry to go over there and get all those answers so (laughs) I accept that (laughs) 
I'm curious, but not that curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, you'll get your turn. No, no yeah, point right. rushing it. <laughs> so when when you were first getting into your, you know, your talent, your skill, your natural ability, like how did you find that process of working out what you could do? What yeah, it it was it just all I believed it was divine intervention. I believe, you know, the spirit world had a higher purpose for me because it just happened too easily. It just happened, it was like I think somebody was having a mediumship party and I was like, what's a mediumship party? And uh, so I went there and it was a lady, you know, delivering a messages. Then I found out she was doing classes and I thought, oh, I'd love to go and see what that's all about. And literally when I went there within six months, I was working professionally. Now that's unheard of, you know, and it sounds disrespectful, but I was working so hard and it just, it, you know, I sort of learnt on the job. I left class and then sort of uh, it just, it, it, it's almost to me like it was just predestined to be. It just happened too easily. It was the right time. And I don't mean easily as in I didn't work hard, but it's just like all the pieces of the puzzle came together. So within six months of joining class from not knowing whether I had any ability in my little finger to be able to work professionally and to this date, touch wood, nobody's ever asked for a refund and I'm up to 24,000 readings. So I wow. like everything, as I said. And so I was doing something right somewhere and and learning along the way and it just it's like there was the right time and the floodgates open and once those floodgates open it was good luck shutting the door again you know so yeah <laughs> you're very good at what you do I've seen you oh, I've seen you work and you are very you. good at it thank you. um obviously meant to be doing it and, and I think so yeah it's, it's a complete lifestyle change too isn't it it really is. And I think I've always been a, a good person. I think I've always been a kind person. I think I've always had empathy, but it's made me even more so because, you know, you hear things and you see things, but in my line of work, as I said, everybody's usually in crisis and everybody's uh, having hard times. So I think it's given me that little bit of extra, uh, you know, I, I used to sit in the audience and hope and pray that the medium would come to me and blow my socks off. And now the roles are reversed. So now to be able to do that for somebody, I get it. I know how desperately someone is for that contact. I know how desperate they are to just know that, you know, life goes on and they're still watching them. They'll meet again. So it's really nice to have been on that side of the fence and now be on the other side, you know, so I get it. Yeah. And and because you were sort of a late bloomer, we'll call you. Yeah. Um, did you, how'd your family respond to it? I'm very lucky that I've got a very good supportive uh, family. I've got four children, I've got the husband, and my husband was always sceptical and, you know, sceptical, not sceptical of me. And, like, I'd come and tell him about things at work of people I'd never met, and he was like, oh, you scare me. <laughs> you know, you really <laughs> scare me. Uh, you know, I remember walking through the house, uh, knocked on the door, my son was getting ready to go out, and I said, are you decent? He said, yeah, and I opened the door and I said, bless you, and then he sneezed. He said, oh, mum, you're spooky. You know, so, um, so they've all been, it, it's been good, and, and the kids, help me with the shows uh it's a real family event they do all the pr work and the you know microphone running and the seats and uh seating and all that sort of thing they've come to fairs and help me with the uh, booking so they wouldn't come if they didn't support me you know so yeah um, so i'm very very lucky a lot of extended family were like well where did this come from like you know we've known you all your life and I'm like, i don't know <laughs> you know it's just it's just happened you know and i sort of i fly under the radar thinking oh dear if this wasn't meant for me i better be very quiet and just keep going you know but um but yeah it's it's it, everyone's been very supportive you know I've lost a couple of people like friends along the way but I think you know you don't lose somebody just because you've opened the spirit door there's obviously been you know uh, oh, underlying yeah. problems there you know so yeah oh yeah uh, yeah just curious because you know like people you know by that you know 44 people have yeah. a view of who they think you are and then all of a sudden 
absolutely. He's throwing, yeah. <laughs> it's I, like, I mean, oh, and I do this. Yeah, and by the way, and it's interesting when I did the Sydney Opera House, I had a lot of old school friends come. Now, I, I left school at 15, so that's 44 years ago. And it's wonderful when, and especially with Facebook and everything I do out in the public eye, a lot of people have contacted me and they've all said to me, oh, yes, we always knew it was in you. And I'm like, how did you know it was in me when I didn't know it was in me? You know, so it's, it's lovely to think that maybe there was some empathy or something they saw back then that I didn't, you know, so, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It is funny. Or you were probably predicting things and they were like, what? You didn't <laughs> realise you were doing it. Yeah, I don't even think it was that. I'd love to take credit for that. I don't even think it was that. I just don't know what it was. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you the big question. What do you think humanity needs to acknowledge and understand for us to evolve? What do you, what do you think uh, we need? I think we've got to remember, like, love. I know it sounds corny, but, I mean, love is all that matters. And I think you look at the, you know, when you have these world disasters and people come to me and say, well, you know, why does this happen? You look at, I remember when they had the tsunami in Japan and you you couldn't even understand, we couldn't understand Japanese, but we were watching them and feeling the heartache for what they were suffering. And I remember seeing people in suits and ties rolling up their sleeves to help people under debris. And I thought that's what it's all about, to remember that we're all in this together, we all bleed the same we all think the same we all love the same and I think just to remember love and to be kind and I think the main thing is that there are ramifications for bad behavior there is a karmic justice and I think it it's got to remind us all to be responsible that you know I don't care if you don't like somebody that's fine nobody's saying you have to love them but not to go out of your way to hurt people or you know just put people out of your path if you don't want them but you know when people hurt and rob and murder and all those sorts of things I don't believe you get away with that I don't believe you know if you get away unscathed in life you're not going to get away unscathed in the the next life I don't believe so I think it just reminds us that we have all these calamities to remind us to put things back into perspective to remind us that you know that uh when we're suffering everyone suffers I mean why we why do we cry at strangers on a tv when they're suffering when you see these mass murders and all these sorts of things to, to remind us that we're all human so I think to evolve and I think spirituality plays a big part in that because it reminds us that it gives us proof that there is life beyond this life and that you know it's not just one shot at life and then you get away unscathed so I think that's a good role that we can play to help people to be kind you know to remember to be kind and remember that um you know treat people how you expect to be treated I agree with some and and you do see that you in time of crisis we do respond from our soul that's right. And then, yeah, so the idea is, you know, to try and respond from that place all the time in exactly. the little things as well as the big things. Exactly. We're not all perfect and we're going to get things wrong. We're going to do say things wrong and that's learning. But I think in, in the big picture to just, you know, just distance yourself from people that, you know, aren't working for you and then just go with the people that do work but not to go out of your way to, I don't know, be horrible. I think we forget you know, we forget to be kind. I think that's just the nicest way to put it, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. Improve our kindness and we'll all benefit from yeah. it. Very good. With your spirituality, how do you celebrate your awareness and, how, you know, what's, what, how would you sum up your spirituality? Oh, look, I just, I, I'm a big believer in the power of prayer. I am Catholic. I believe in God. And I just, I, I never, I think when we're in crisis, we always pray for help. It's the first thing we do. Oh, please, God, help us with this. Or please save this one or that. And I think I've got to, I, I always try to remember to be thankful for the things I have as well. Um, I, I do believe this is an absolute blessing, not a right. Uh, you know, I don't uh, demand things that, um, you know, I'd love to say I see spirit from head to toe and can talk for an hour and get everything right. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. 
um, but I don't demand. I sort of think, great, they're showing me something. If they show me an inch, I'm not going to ask for a mile. Do you know what I mean? So uh, I think I'm just so incredibly proud to be uh, honoured to do the job I do that I'm so passionate about and to see the difference that I do help. I can't help everybody. I can't change the world. But I tell you what, I'm going to do everything I can to make a difference. And, and I think that's the main thing. Even, you know, I'm renowned for uh, making people laugh and cry at the same time. You know, they'll be (laughs) crying over a loved one, but then I'll say something stupid and make them laugh. So you sort of, you want them to leave better than when they came. So I think I'm incredibly aware of how lucky I am to do what I do, how lucky I am to have had the milestones that I've had in only a short amount of time, 15 Mm. years, compared to people that have worked 30 or 40 years. So I've been incredibly lucky. I'm not saying I haven't worked hard. I have, but there's been a lot of divine intervention and a lot of luck sent my way too, you know, so, yeah. No, that's very good. Yeah. And do you, do you think with the um, the way the world is now that more and more people are actually looking for that kind of soul guidance? I do believe, yes, I, I do believe. Uh, and as I said, years ago, you know, you'd see that it would be predominantly women in the audience. Now you see, I don't believe, I, I do believe sometimes men get dragged along and probably don't want to be there. But, you know, but I do have a lot of clientele that's male and there's no there's no uh, age barrier. There's no, uh, you know, I always worry when a different culture comes in because I'm thinking, oh, am I going to be under, uh, able to understand their beliefs? Are they going to be able to understand mine? Uh, I did a book launch, one of my books in New Zealand, and I was worried about about, oh, would they understand my humour? But you know what? Love is love. Connections are connections. A mum in spirit is the same as a mum in spirit, you know, in Mm. any language. And, you know, so it's lovely to see that all cultures come to me. It's beautiful to see that. People automatically assume, oh, but my loved one in life never spoke English. And I said, that's okay because they're not speaking to me with a voice over here. They're speaking me mind to mind and that I can hear, you know, that sort of thing. So you don't need the language uh, thing. So it's it's wonderful to see that um, there's no barriers. I think this is just the, you know, and it's becoming more uh, open and more acceptable. And I think you even hear children talking about gut instincts and meditating and all these sorts of things that I tell you what, 50 years ago wasn't in our dialogue, you know. So Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, so I think that's good to see that the world, you're seeing so many movies about it now where it's open to talk about the spirit world and that they do exist. And and from my point of view, a lot of them are pretty factual from what I see to be true, you know, so that's good. It gets people thinking and they wouldn't sell movies if people weren't interested in watching it. So um, so they continue to make movies about it. So I think, yeah, I think we are uh, becoming more aware. We're looking for something. And, again, we're looking, well, what happens to us when we pass away? What is at the end? Or, you know, so it's it's all well and good to say I can write a book about it but to give that factual evidence to give that validation that your loved one is around on some level that's the clincher and I think that that gives people a lot of comfort so yeah yeah and a comfort for the one that they've missed but also comfort for themselves that's right to know that it's okay to still go on with your life and know that there's a meaning to it that you know you you know when you lose somebody close to you it's very hard to pick yourself up from that and grief lasts forever it's not a time you know it's not time sensitive it lasts forever and I think to let people know that one day you will meet again is the one thing that I think can help them to keep going it's not going to change your grief it's not going to give them closure it's not going to it's not putting a band-aid it's like trying to put a band-aid an open uh heart gaping wound you, you can't fix it but if I can give them especially when somebody's lost a child how do you how do you reconcile that how do you how can you come to terms with it's different if someone's 90 and they've lived a good life and they fade away that's different but a, a child how do you how do you get your head around that so the best that I can do for a grieving mother or a grieving father is 
is to let them know that the child's around you and I'll give you evidence of that, that they'll give you little signs and they'll give you little, uh, you know, touching the hair or kissing the cheek, all those sorts of things. Now, I can't manufacture that for them to believe me. They will see that for themselves. And that gives them something to get them through and to let them know that they're with your mother in spirit looking after them and you'll see them again. All those little things are a step towards, you know, helping to just live your life. It, it can't change the grief, but it can help you, you know, just continue with your life, I think. You know, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'm sure you have some funny stories, Florence, with oh, some. <laughs> certainly do. <laughs> I think one of the most priceless ones, again, being Catholic, and you get a lot of stigma about this is against God and all that sort of thing. And I, I don't believe that. I believe I do my prayers, and I believe if I'm helping people, and I'm doing the right thing. That that's you know not against God. And I remember one day a Catholic priest rang me for a reading, and I nearly fell off the chair. <laughs> I was like, and I, I, you know, and at the end of it, he said to me, "Keep continuing to do your good work." And I tell you what, I felt like I'd personally been blessed by God. Do you know what I mean? It was a wonderful. That was a wonderful moment. But I do have so many funny stories. Like you know, when I say to somebody, you know, about their lifestyle, and they go, "No, no, 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 no," and they go, "Yes, yes, yes," and I give more evidence to prove it, and then they go, "Oh yeah," and I go, "See, I know your life better than you know your life." And that <laughs> makes them laugh. Or you know, I, I had one lady one day, and I said, "Your father-in-law's in spirit, and um, he wants to." say good day to the family she said oh no we didn't get on he didn't talk to me I said darling he didn't say hello to you he said say hello to me. he's still not talking to you and she went oh oh and I went well sorry but that's that's the way he is and she believed it because that's the way he was he was, was very stubborn and you know another lady I said to her oh your uh, uncle's in spirit she said no no he's been there 40 years so I said darling he's still there he hasn't gone anywhere and you know just to make light of situations it's it's so funny you know or um yeah I remember telling one lady one day I'm having a beautiful reading with her saying yes 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 and then at the end she said I'm sorry I don't know who you're talking about because he's actually died and I went oh darling that's what I am I'm a medium I'm talking so it's it's really sometimes you've got to you know um not take for granted that they understand what you're talking about but yeah it's it's funny it's it's you know a lot of good stories you know so you yeah oh definitely if you have some fun I'd say do spirits come in and say look I'm my daughter's coming in tomorrow. I'm ready to go. Do some of them come yes, in early? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And they'll sort of sometimes come to check us out, whether we do listen to their uh, what they're saying. And, and like, it doesn't do me any favours if a spirit comes through and tells me they're sceptical. But as soon as I'm reading their loved one, I'll tell them that straight away. And then the loved one in spirit trusts me then because I've told them the truth, you know, that they yeah. don't believe in me. Um, but, yes, they'll come, you know, sometimes I'll come in advance. I remember I had one little girl one day and I was doing a show Friday, a show show Saturday and a show Sunday so I automatically assumed she'd be on the Friday night show couldn't find her and I thought okay maybe she's a Saturday night show so Saturday couldn't find her and I get very angry with myself because I feel I'm letting them down they've tried to bring their messages through and I've let them down I haven't found their family so by Sunday I was frustrated thought oh, I don't know if I'm going to find this girl where have I gone wrong and then on the Sunday I went to another gathering and no nobody understood and I thought well I don't know what to do now I cannot find this girl and then suddenly this uh, lady sort of you know nudged her husband and said that's yours and it turned out he was a 70 something year old man but his sister had died when she was five so he didn't sort of recollect straight away that this could be his sister I said she was five I said all the details anyway we, we eventually found her but I thought it was fascinating that she came in a week before and I had so many readings before that so but we found her at the end of the day as long as we find where we're meant to go then, then I've done as best I can you know but yeah they absolutely will come in beforehand and especially if I've got a big gathering the biggest audience I've ever done was 500 in the audience 
So they want to get their message in first. So they'll sort of, you know, it's like a scrum. They'll, they'll poke their way in and, and, you know, and I'm like, okay, this lady's been annoying me all day, so I've got to make sure I get her in first. So it's like, you know, so, and I'm open to that. That's that's nice, you know, so, yeah. You'd be, you'd be used to it now. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, I've got a visual of a scrum going on in the background. Yeah, yeah, knocking them out the way. I've got the ball and I'm running with it. It's funny. Oh, it's funny. Does spirits feel like in general? I know because every it's so unique and it's all different relationships so it's you know we are really talking in general do they feel a relief when their loved ones get that they're okay and that it's absolutely yeah absolutely and again you know I I don't like when people say we give them closure we can't give closure because grief there is no closure but I think we do get that there is a they are happy that um you know that the the loved one knows they're around them uh, especially if somebody's missed like I lost my mum when I was eight months pregnant so you know to know my mother's there when the baby's born to be able to give that to people to let them know yes she has seen the baby or yes dad has walked down the aisle even if it's not in a physical sense so there's comfort on both sides but I don't I never sort of sugarcoat it either they, they get heartbroken over in spirit too they're okay they're not in pain they're not in mm-hmm. agony or anything like that but they miss the life that they're meant to live or were meant or were having here and they miss the connections and they see their loved ones grieving and they see their loved ones sad and there's sadness there but to get that little bit of a sort of interaction between the two worlds then both parties go away happy and that's good you know and and it's not a one-off event I give them sort of tools to let them know that every day of your life you can connect with your loved ones you don't have to come to a medium to have that conversation with your loved one or know that they're there you know every day of the week so yeah and and you know do you do you believe in reincarnation I I actually don't. I get into okay. so much trouble uh, so with it. psychics, <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't I do not disrespect uh, anything that anybody else has experienced. But I'm not going to have anybody sort of uh, tell me what I've known to be true to be it isn't true as well. So in my experience, I've brought through about 120 thousand spirits, uh, and give or take, and that's quite a lot of spirits. And I think the main time when I get into arguments with psychics, I'll say to them, "Well, this is what I base." my opinion on and it's talking to 120,000 spirits and I'll say what do you base your opinion on and most times people aren't even mediums so that always worries me where you're getting your information from you know because you know if you're talking about reincarnation then somebody's got to be telling you that surely Um, but that's just my um, sort of uh, opinion and then I I think with what I've seen and what I've done when a man when I have a widow um, and the husband's in spirit when a man says to the wife and I was widowed at 25 and I've had a couple of girls that were very young So say I've had a 25-year-old girl uh, widowed and the husband says, don't worry, I'll meet her again. And even if it's 70 years till she comes to spirit, I'll be waiting for her. Now, they're already in spirit and they know what we've yet to learn. So it's too cruel to me to think that they're promising that they'll meet you again and the girl gets over there 70 years later waiting to see that beautiful husband and, oh, sorry, you just missed him, you reincarnated. That doesn't make sense (laughs) to me, you know. so um, You were two hours too late. That's exactly right. It doesn't make sense to me. And remember, we're all clutching at straws for what we know. They're over there. They know, you know, and I think... 125,000 spirits I've spoken to why hasn't one just one mentioned reincarnation and I think the best evidence I got was when I had a 92 year old well I didn't know she was 92 she was an older lady she sat down and straight away I heard mum and I thought to myself oh that's pretty general the lady's old of course the mother's going to be in spirit and I sort of said to her oh look I, you know, I don't want to be general but I got your mum 
She said, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden my ears pricked up because the, the lady in spirit said, I've been here for 80 years. And I went, oh. And I said to the lady, your mother said she's been in spirit 80 years. And she said, yes, that's correct. I'm 92 and my I was 12 when I lost her. And I thought, wow, wow that's fascinating to yeah. me. And she came through crystal clear. And I thought, okay, because people talk about decades or a century and they come back again. It just doesn't make sense to me. I haven't seen evidence of it. And as I said, if people keep saying, I'm going to meet you when you get over the other side, well, does it and I think the thing that I can't sort of marry up either is when people say I'll say Uncle Jack reincarnated in my newborn son so you're telling me my newborn son doesn't have his own soul makes sense to me and then when people say oh you know you see all the I watch all the documentaries where they say oh yes they couldn't have known this they're only a child and then the spirit moves on well then was there ever a soul and it doesn't you know like is there two souls in the body for that reincarnated soul to move on it just doesn't make sense to me what I've seen is it's like a fingerprint and the soul is your fingerprint and I think it's a one-off and I don't believe it jumps into somebody else's body because then that implies that person doesn't have a soul uh you know or what a person's walking around with two souls it just it the more I talk the more I get confused but to me it just doesn't make sense so as far as I can see no spirit has ever talked about reincarnation and I have seen people um and my partner's been in spirit for 34 four years he still comes in every day so I don't know I, I I don't know again another question that will probably be answered when I get over there and again not in a hurry to get that question answered so <laughs> <laughs> don't want to pass that exam thank you very no, much that's right <laughs> when you're working how does it feel for you when you're on stage does it oh. does it energize you do you feel drained how does it actually yeah. feel for you I'm a little bit different from everybody else. People will say, you know, they get tired or they've got nothing left. I'm a person that's not, I'm always physically on the go, but if I walk up a flight of stairs, I'll probably complain and whinge and whine because I'm not a physical person. But this sort of stuff, I can go and go and go. Uh, the week that I did the Opera House, the Sydney Opera House, I, don't, I must have read about 40 or 50 people that night. Uh, then the three days later, I went to the Mind, Body and Spirit. I was on stage for four hours over the weekend, four days, one hour each. I must have read 300 people that week and I didn't come home uh, like I, I'm, I'm sort of wired. I'm like, oh, I can go and go. So I've sort of I've got to put time perimeters on myself because I get up there in five minutes, uh, two hours feels like it's five minutes. So in that regard, mentally with this sort of business, I think, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty good that I that's one of my assets. I can go and go and go and not sort of be drained or not tired or not have a bad night. Uh, you know, um, spirit's always on, on on fire. They're always connected and, um, and yeah, and it's, it's a good match there I think yeah yeah I always believe if you're doing what you're you're born to do it it doesn't drain you it sort of absolutely energizes you yeah you're definitely very interesting and you're having lots of interesting experiences and I'm sure a lot of people get a lot of benefit for what you're doing I hope so. so. That's the goal. That's the aim. You just want you want to make people be happy. You want to make them believe that life goes on. You want to give them evidence to the point uh, to uh, believe that. But more than anything, entertain them. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many people. You know, if you do a big crowd, you're not going to read a lot of people. I'm fast, but you're not going to read everybody. And people will come up and say, "Oh, I'm upset I didn't get a reading, but gee, I love the show. You know, they love the laughs. They love that, and it's good to have a collective healing by laughter. You know, so yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Would you like to play Flip the Book? Yes. Yes. All right. So. I'm scared. <laughs> you're scared. <laughs> but I'll do it. <laughs> Excellent. I oh, know you'll go fine. Well, I've got three books. Do you want one, two or three? Uh, I'll go for number one, please. Number one. Okay. So for number one, it's actually 
um, breaking free. So we just use half the book for this. So it, I need a number between 189 and 215. 203. <laughs> 203. Excellent. Okay, so we have one, two, three, four, five paragraphs. So would you like to pick a paragraph? Number four. Four. Now, you didn't know this, but this is in Breaking Free at the back of it is actually it's written about your core essences. So from the stuff that I've wrote about is when I look at your soul, because I'm a soul reader, when I look at your soul, there's energies that are, we've all got them, you know, we've all got kindness and all that kind of thing. But there's some energies that are stronger or more um, important to that particular soul. So yours actually has come up with integrity. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, so that was, that's a strong core essence within you. And it says here, integrity creates wholeness within your soul, oh. facilitating the bravery required to unshackle the chains of oppression that caused you to be part of the inequality within life. Oh. It also creates the aspiration to operate from fair-mindedness and objectively observe with the willingness to be accountable for your own actions, beliefs, and words you speak. Oh, wow. <laughs> we touched on that before, didn't we? we wow, did. about accountability and, oh, that's amazing. Love that. Oh, so good. And so, yes. and so integrity would be extremely important to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't mean to, um, I'm only, I don't mean to be judgmental, but it's factual. In this business, it's very hard because there's, there's no policing in our business. So unfortunately, there can be a lot of fraudulence and all that sort of thing. So integrity is, is uh, you know, vital in this business, you know, to do the right thing by people. So yeah, it's lovely. I think, I think it's important that if you are going to see a psychic or a psychic medium or anything like that, is that you, you feel that integrity in them, yes. which, because otherwise, you know, it, it is, it is, um, it is an industry that does have, and sometimes the people, I was going to say, it does have a lot of fraudsters in it, but yeah. you also have some people that it's not that they're frauds, they're believing their own stuff, but yeah. it's, not a, it's not a clear read. Yeah. So, yeah. They, and they they're... don't understand, like, uh, you know, a lot of psychics, which is unbelievable to me, still don't understand about a medium or the difference between a medium. So it's just lack of education. I think that's where I like to do the, the big audiences and educate people and uh, do a lot of charity work, a lot of free uh, spiritual churches so that people can come and see my work before they pay money so they can get a feel with whether I'm accurate, whether I'm funny, whether I'm happy, whether, you know, those sorts of things. So I think that's important to do your homework and your research before you go pay money to see somebody so yeah definitely and for any psychics or mediums that are just starting off what would you say is important about their integrity how does that improve what they do I think you've always got to be honest. When you get things wrong, you have to admit you get it wrong because we all do. No, I think John Edward is the, the king of the world and he even says he doesn't get everything right. And I think that's humble. I think it's honest because nobody gets it 100% right. Nobody's that good. We're going to interpret things wrong. And I think the main thing is if you're starting off training to, to, to train and get as much training as you possibly can. And, you know, you don't go and be a nurse um, with half training. You don't go and be a doctor or a policeman with half training. So I think 
you know, get as much education under your belt as you can. And just, as I said, be honest with your clients. If you don't get something, then say you don't get something. I, just a real quick good example. I had a, mm. a lady one day and at the end of the reading, I felt like she, you just body language, I thought she's disappointed. I said, did I not get somebody through? She said, yes, that's correct. And I said, look, I don't normally like to do this, but if you give me a name, I'll see what I can do. She gave me the name. I could not get the person for life nor money. And that had never happened to me. And I was really angry with myself. And I said, I'm so sorry. I've got to be honest. I can't find them. You know, so I left it at that and I was, you know, angry with myself for like a week afterwards. Why couldn't I find them? That That's never happened before. You know, they don't care about me, but they care about their loved ones. Surely they would have come through on demand. Anyway, so it went on and on. And about six months later, the lady contacted me and she said, um, you know why you couldn't find him? And I said, no. She said, because he faked his own death. He wasn't dead. Oh, and I went, wow. wow. So my daughter said, well, if that is an integrity mum, she said, you could have said, oh, yes, he's fine and he's over in spirit and he loves you. But I didn't because I couldn't find him. And I couldn't find him because he has, hadn't actually passed. So I thought that was a good lesson about staying true to information. Didn't make me look good. And it, on the day, I'm sure they probably thought, oh, you know, she's not very good. She didn't find him, you know. But then as it turned out, it was all the right information. So, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, well, I love that you operate from integrity, to be honest. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. And, um, um Thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Oh, it's been a delight. It felt like it was five minutes. See, that's how much I enjoyed it. It was wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thanks for um, letting me be part of it. And uh, good luck with all your endeavours. And thank, thank you. you. Thank Thanks, you. Lorraine.